0: Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. In this teaching series, Kevin speaks about various themes from the book of Proverbs, providing us with practical wisdom for a life well lived. Visit KevinConnor.org for more details. Uh, let's go to session two. Did you get something out of the boring session on section one, session one? Uh, it's really just to get a good survey of the book and see where we're going. Okay, uh, in the limited time we have. All right, so session two, wisdom is the principal thing. All right, now notice i uh, quoted a verse here. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. So if you want to underline those two words in, your, in the verse, there you can. Wisdom and understanding. Remember our triangle. So the key word uh, the, here is wisdom, wise, wisely, or wiser. And remember our triangle, of course. And then this is an interesting verse, Proverbs chapter 15. Uh, might, you might like to turn to it. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1. And this is something I have to ask the Lord to help me because I think I've got a little bit of knowledge of the word, but it's dangerous to have knowledge without wisdom. So listen to what it says, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. So we can just pour in a lot of information or knowledge on the word, but say it needs wisdom. And I say, Lord, give me wisdom just in the classes uh, uh, on advanced track so I teach the right thing, you know. So... Uh, as we've got here, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge rightly. And, and, and our kids today, this is really bothers me, some of our kids are being fed information. You know, kids four or five, all about sex. They don't need that knowledge yet. They need to wait till they come of age. But they're feeding that knowledge to them. They haven't got the wisdom of a mouse but they're feeding knowledge and destroying this generation with this type of knowledge, you know? Everything like that it really aggravates me. Oh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Do you feel I'm um, agitated a little bit? Yeah, yeah and rightly so. Uh, okay, letter A, wisdom personified. And uh, let's turn over to uh, Proverbs chapter 1. See, we're on wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1. And uh, we'll read verse 20. It says, and uh, in my Bible, it's got the call of wisdom. Wisdom calls aloud outside. I'm reading from you, King James. She, personified, raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief, uh, in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. Uh, city, She's, uh, She speaks her words, that's right. How long, you simple ones? Uh, I think some translations have you stupid ones, not here. Uh, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. So... Wisdom was personified there and just, uh, you know, calling out, calling out, calling out and a lack of wisdom today. A lot of knowledge being propagated, but how much wisdom. And then uh, illustration of that, wisdom in creation. And we're told in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through to 36, God just used wisdom. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's uh, studied too much on, uh like, ants. Like the proverb says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. I love the word sluggard, <laughs> especially if a lazy person. Uh, consider her ways uh, ways, and be wise, and how the ant stores up food uh, for the young ones and everything like that. But in wisdom, you know, uh, God... You know, the platypus. Why? How did it get to Australia? Because Noah, after the flood, he took his boat round and let the different animals, the kangaroo and the platypus, he let them off on Australia. He bypassed New Zealand, no snakes there, only only two-legged snakes uh, in dog collar. How did he do that? It was just God. And in Genesis chapter 10, 11, when God divided the planet up, and uh, He allotted different countries and different nations, nationalities in their different countries. God, just the wisdom of God. So read that chapter with Genesis chapter one. Wisdom of God. Then let it be. Wisdom in God's dwelling places. In uh, the first dwelling place, we have the tabernacle of Moses, the spirit of wisdom. Why don't we turn over to a couple of verses there. Exodus chapter 28 and verse 3. Exodus 28 and verse 3. So it says, so shall you, uh, so you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make, make Aaron's uh, garments to consecrate him uh, that he may minister to me in, uh, as a priest. So just the wisdom and all through the scriptures I've given you there, God just gave wisdom, the spirit of wisdom to build his house. And how, how true that is today. Then in first uh uh number two, the temple of Solomon. Everything is wisdom. Solomon was the wisest man on the earth, uh, except the Lord Jesus Christ. The temple of Solomon. Give me wisdom, give me wisdom. And then uh why don't we turn over to this uh uh Ephesians chapter three? And uh when it comes to the New Testament church, Ephesians chapter three, the need of wisdom and uh Because my wife, in our old age, uh, we do a lot of counseling with ministers, I say, that was a stupid thing to do. How many churches are destroyed for lack of wisdom? A lot of knowledge, but lack of wisdom. I say, that was a stupid thing to do. Why did you do that? Uh, I want uh, want to state some of the cases my wife and I have had to deal with lately on ministers, and the stupid things they've done. Don't tell them I said that, please. Just sell them a tape. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. Look, look, look what Paul says here. To the intent, I'm reading from Old King James, or for this purpose, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known, let's say the next three words, by the church everybody say that? By the church. What? The manifold or the many-sided wisdom of God and how much tomfoolery and stupidity is done in some churches, I'm sorry to say. In a New Testament church, God's New Testament habitation. Now, letter C is very interesting. In, uh, in letter C here, we have the prayer of King Solomon and I've put down uh, 1 Kings chapter 3 and 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, 2, Chronicles chapter 2. So let's turn over to 1 Kings chapter 3. And uh, this is such a challenge to me. And uh, while, while you're doing that, 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, let me just uh, read a little bit here. David was a man of war and bloodshed. David means beloved, but he's a man of war and uh, bloodshed. So he couldn't build the house of the Lord. Solomon was a man of peace and he could build the house of the Lord. So how many agree with me that there should be peace in the house of the Lord if there's war and bloodshed? uh You know what they say. The church is the only... Army that kills its own soldiers, we shouldn't do that. Solomon's a man of peace, and then King of Israel, Israel meaning a prince having power with God with men, uh, with men. Now let's for, uh, turn to First Kings chapter three, and uh, as I said, this is uh, very challenging. Verse five, and we're told, I read from uh, I read from Old King James because I've got it marked. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, ask what I shall give you. Now, if God come to you or he come to me and just gave us an open check, said, ask what I'll give you. What, what, what do you think you'd ask? Well, give me money. You know, yeah. Yeah. If I had plenty of money, I'd pay for this building if there's any debt on it. <laughs> Mrs. Connor, what would you ask <laughs> if the Lord come to you? Give me a better husband. <laughs> I'm priceless <dear. laughs> to what, you. What, what would you ask? I mean, here is an open check, an open slather. Ask what I'll give you. Wow. If I was in Solomon's position thing. Oh, what will I ask God? Oh. Well, let's continue reading. <laughs> and Solomon said, You have showed unto your servant David my father. Uh, to tell you the truth, as I read this today, it made me cry. I thought, if only Solomon had a stuck to this prayer. Listen to the things I've underlined. You have showed unto your servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart, and uh, with you. And thou hast kept for him, uh, uh, kept him. Thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. I'll go over to New King James now. I think I'm more used to that. Now, O Lord God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But notice what he prays in. This is what made me cry. I'm just a little child. Now, he is king on the throne. He's got the greatest empire possible at that time, king over Israel. But he says, I'm just a little child. And look at the rest of it. I do not know how to go out and come in. Wow, I don't know how that affected you, but it, m- it made me cry. I said, "Lord, I'm just a little child, even at 86 years of age. I don't know it all. I need Your wisdom." Now, look at His prayer. So I underline a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. You know, big know it all? No, I don't know how to go go in uh, go out and come in. And Your servant. It's in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too m- numerous to be numbered or counted. And, you know, I love the people of God. When people, I hear ministers say, God's finished with the church, and I don't believe it. God loves you. I'm not flattering you. This is the truth. You are a great people. I'd rather see you here in the house of the Lord than out in the honky tongs. Everybody said amen. See, you've got to see the people of God as great people. They're rescued out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Great people, chosen people, great people. It's your attitude. So what do you say? Therefore, now listen to verse uh, nine, 9. Therefore, therefore give to your servant an understanding heart. or oh, understanding. Heart, what for? To judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. Now, all these words were used in the first uh, verses uh, of Proverbs that we read. For who is able to judge these great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Wow. And notice what God said. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and have not asked long life for yourself. Oh, he could have said that. Oh, Lord, I want to live 220, you know. Nor ask riches for yourself. Oh, make me rich. I need plenty of do re me Nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself, understanding, discern, justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there will there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. Of course, uh, Jesus is accepted. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among uh, the kings in all your days. So if, now notice this, if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke and indeed it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered up peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Wow. Uh, do do you feel challenged over that? If God appeared to me and said, ask what you will. Said, God, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me understanding. Help me to discern. Wow. I'm just a little child. I don't know how to go out and come in. Wow. It, it, it made me cry. I said, Lord, help me to have that attitude. How many can say amen on that? Yeah. So... Yeah. Well now, when you go to the next one, uh, let me go down to uh, number three on letter D. I'll come back to the other. Immediately afterwards in chapter three, this is chapter three, the rest of chapter three, verses 16 through to uh, 27, 28, that wisdom is put to the test. Now let me tell it to you in a bit of story form and Just watch my time here. I'm just crying a little bit. All of a sudden, there's two women there. And uh, we'll deal with that later on. Two women. And both of them have a baby that night. And one of the mothers overslept and must have suffocated the baby. So now you have a live baby and a dead baby. And then what did this uh, little woman do? I mean... Women. Not not the not, not the women here. <clears throat> but the the woman swapped the baby. And when she woke up in the morning and said, This isn't my baby. The baby's been swapped. Then they come before Solomon and say, Now, Solomon, this is what I believe happened in the night. Now here is the wisdom of God being tested. Now the Bible says um, somewhere in, in Corinthians, covered earnestly the best gifts. So what do you think would have been the best gift there? Well, now he could have prophesied, "Thus saith the Lord, you are the wicked woman. You switch the baby in the night. You stinker." <laughs> he could have done that, or else uh, maybe uh, covered i oh, I'm sorry. Am I behaving myself? I'm trying to, because you know, after Fiji. Okay. (coughs) Bulla, bulla, bulla. That's all I know. That's the only word I learned. Oh, I I learned two other words. Every language I go to, I try and learn language. I said, hallelujah, Amen. And Bulla. Yeah. So so what do you think would have been the best gift? See? Raised the baby from the dead. Oh well, we both got a baby, no? So Solomon he got a word of wisdom. Now it's the stupidest thing in the natural to the natural mind. He said, "Well, I'll tell you what. Bring me a sword, and we'll chop the baby in half." How many think that's a wonderful word of wisdom? <laughs> How many think there's just compassion? <laughs> flowing out there, chop the baby in half and give him a half a baby each. <laughs> now, now you've got to listen carefully because the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. First Corinthians says somewhere, the foolishness of God. So this was the foolishness, but God was giving Solomon a word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom. So what happened? soon as the mother, the bad mother, said, oh, yeah, that's fine, chop the baby in half, we'll have half each. Her baby had died, so it showed where she was. But the the real mother said, don't chop the baby in half, give her the baby. Do you know what she's saying? I'd rather see the baby alive and be with the wrong mother then have a half a baby each a dead baby two dead babies do you know what the word of wisdom exposed the heart yeah. of the true mother everybody agree with me on that and so that's what i've got there the true mother the true mother number 3 under letter d well wow. so so the wisdom was tested right there all right let's uh, go go back to letter d so challenge, God, give me wisdom, give me wisdom, help me to be wise. All right, letter D, wisdom from above or wisdom from below. Now, it began in Eden. So when, when you go back to those scriptures, I won't turn to them because of the time, and I do hope you read the scriptures between now and when Jesus comes. But uh, go back to the garden. What, 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 what was the tree that was forbidden? The tree of the knowledge. See, it was the tree, and, 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 and the sad part is, if it was just the tree of the knowledge of evil, it would have been bad. But it was a mixture. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, oh, while well, I'm, I'm indulging in this, turn over to Romans chapter, Romans chapter 7. I'm just indulging here. Uh, Romans chapter 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans follow on. Yeah, Romans chapter 7. If if you mark your Bible, uh, I should have put it on my new Bible here, but Romans chapter 7 is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Romans chapter 8 is the tree of eternal life. Let me tell you why, first of all. So Adam and Eve... They sin for knowledge, that's what I'm saying. Sin for knowledge, the tree of the knowledge and it was mixture, good and evil. So notice what Paul says and I'll just pick out um, uh, verse 13 onwards and note the use of the word good and evil, good and evil. So let me uh, uh, pick it up here. Verse 13, I'm reading from old King, King James. Was then that which is good, May death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Then he goes on, um, verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Then, in verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing, but to will is present with me, but how to perform uh, that which is good I find not. And then verse 19, 20 is the key. For the good that I would do, I don't do, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Why? If I, now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then, and I've circled the word law, changed the word law or put in the margin, tree. I find then a law that when I want to do good, evil is present with me. Why? Because I've partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I'm sorry to say this, but we've just got to face... As I get older, I've had to face these things. Our sins are forgiven but the law of sin is not yet eradicated from us. We still have that bias, that tendency to do evil. Now, our sins, sins, sins are the fruit, but sin is the root. So when Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they took of the root. The fruit didn't come out of them, It's taken the sad history of the whole human race for the sins to be manifest. All the sins didn't come out in Adam and Eve, but they come out in the tragic history of the human race. So we've got to keep that in mind. It it, it keeps us humble because our sins are forgiven, and we praise God for that. Everybody, Everybody said amen. But the root of sin is not yet eradicated. I'm not yet perfect, and I say, Lord, I just want to be perfect. The law of sin, that tendency, that down, that law of gravity, the downward pull of sin is still there. My sins are forgiven, and daily I ask the Lord to cleanse me in His blood from every stain of sin and uncleanness, of thought, or or, or in word or thought, word or deed, what I said before. So just cleanse me, Lord. But I know that the law of sin is not yet eradicated. Everybody agree with me there? It's tough, but that's it. Because you see, should I say this? When God said when he drove the man out the garden, he said, The man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Now, God knows good and evil, but can only do and be good. We know good and evil, but can only be evil apart from the restraining grace of God. That's why we receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody said amen? Now, this is tough, tough teaching, but that's it. So you read on there, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Why? Because in Adam i took of that tree so adam sinned for knowledge now we've got it here wisdom from above or wisdom from an, uh, below now in the next uh, verse chapter 3 1 to 7 i'll just quote it because of time the woman saw that the tree was a tree to, to be uh, to be desired to make one wise what what sort of wisdom was it? Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, wisdom, wise, wrong kind, wisdom from above. Now, just moving on quickly, we have to keep going. Number two, spiritual gifts. Do you know what heads uh, the gifts of the spirit? <clears throat> There's nine gifts of the spirit. Do you know what heads them? Word of wisdom. Then the next gift is the word of knowledge. So wisdom and knowledge, they had the spiritual gifts. So God, give me wisdom. Then number three, we've dealt with that. Now, let's go to number four here. And then you've got a bit of fill-in here uh, on the next page. Uh, number four, two books that Solomon wrote. Okay, now I've referred to this before, but Ecclesiastes is wisdom under the sun and... Uh, the book of Proverbs is wisdom above the sun. Let's go to page two here. Page two. Everybody getting hold of what I'm saying here, okay? All right. So let's go uh, number five here. Two kinds of wisdom, and I'd like you to uh, turn over to James uh, chapter chapter three. James chapter three. <coughs> Now, you have some fill-ins here, but uh, Ecclesiastes is the book of the wisdom of this world, wisdom under the sun, earthly wisdom. And then I've put some scriptures there. Paul says, the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And you see, so many Christians depend on the wisdom of this world. It's foolishness to God. They can tell us how to get to the moon and back, but they can't tell us how to get to heaven. This book can. So, do you want to get to the moon and back, or do you want to get a bit higher? Have <laughs> you say higher. Yeah, that's it. See. So, wisdom—the wisdom of this world—and he—and and Paul says the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And he says the world. I mean, Paul is very strong. I'd like to like you to read the scriptures before you know the coming of the Lord, but he said the, the world with all its wisdom knew not God. So what is the wisdom that we really value? The wisdom of this world or wisdom of God? And then over the other column, the wisdom of God, which is above the sun, heavenly wisdom. And then there's a bunch of scriptures there I'd like to encourage you to read. Now, let me read... Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 15 to 18, and we do this in uh, Key and Knowledge Seminar, so some of you may remember. I want What I want you to do is, and uh, I won't uh, milk it too much, but on the negative side, we have the characteristics of earthly wisdom, and on the positive side, we have characteristics of heavenly wisdom. All right, let me read the scripture first, and I'm reading from New King James column on this one. Who, verse uh, 13, Who is a wise man and and, and woman and endured with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or conduct his works with meekness of wisdom. Notice, wise and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge, verse uh, 13. But if you have bitter envying, and strife in your hearts, glory not, or do not boast, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, uh, I want you to note that. Wisdom not from above, wisdom from above. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of, good, uh, of mercy and good fruits without partiality partiality, and without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we have two kinds of wisdom. So on one column here, without uh, too much comment, I'd like you to put it down. Uh, characteristics of earthly wisdom, and all I've done is just take ten words out of this passage here. So, number one, let me go to my notes here, make sure I get this right. Number one, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. That was James. Yeah, James. Oh, did I say it wrong? Oh, yeah. Thank you, darling. That's why I married you for. Okay, James chapter 3 and verse 13 to 18. Thank you. My computer is not yet converted. Okay, James chapter 3 verse 13 to 18. And uh, please do read these other scriptures too. All right, number one, 10 characteristics of earthly wisdom. Number one, Bitterness. But if you have bitter, or bitterness, and what I find, if you want to put the verses next to it, uh, the word bitter is used twice, verses 14 and 14. If you have bitter. And then number two, the next negative word, is envying. Envying. And then number three, the next word is Self seeking. Glory not, or, you know, boasting there. Self seeking, and that's what appealed to Adam and Eve. You will be as gods, knowing good and evil. And then number four, boasting. Glory not, or boast not. Uh, New King James says boasting. Number five, Another characteristic, lying against the truth. Lying against the truth. And then number six, he says, this wisdom, in verse 15, this wisdom descends not from above, but number six is earthly. Earthly wisdom. Number seven, sensual. Verse 15. And number seven, uh, number eight, devilish. How, how many think you've seen wisdom that is earthly, sensual, and devilish? It's evident. I mean, our society is riddled with it. Our newspapers are riddled with it. And then number nine, uh, I put down the word Confusion which is way down here, confusion. For when, where envying and strife is, there is confusion. And number 10, just to make sure he didn't miss anything, every evil work. So there are 10 characteristics of earthly wisdom, characteristics of earthly wisdom, wisdom under the sun. And you see it, I'm sorry, we see it in our politicians often. I wonder we are told to pray for them. How many are starting to pray for the election? Someone has said, God gives us the government that we deserve. Have mercy on us, Lord. Okay, let's go over to the characteristics of heavenly wisdom. And on the positive side, and we have uh, 10 words here. All right, number one, good conduct or good behaviour. It says, uh, uh, let them show out of a good conversation. Uh, Good conduct is probably a better translation, so good conduct, good behaviour. Number two, meekness of wisdom. You mean meekness of wisdom? Yeah, it's possible to be proud of your wisdom even even from the Bible see meekness of wisdom Jesus was wisdom personified but he was the meekest of men come unto me all you that labor I am meek and lowly in heart well wow. number three it's pure go down to verse um, verse 17 But the wisdom that is from above, and I've underlined that, you know, wisdom not from above, wisdom from above. So wisdom not from above is first pure, number three. Number four, it's it's peaceable. And the word peace is used in verse uh, 18, twice, and then the word peaceable. Then number five, it's gentle. Number six, it's easily entreated. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, easily entreated. And uh, you can look up different translations on this. Uh, number seven, full of mercy. Not merciless, but full of mercy, nature of God. And number eight, good fruits. And we think of the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of righteousness. So, good fruits, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, and everything. And then number nine, impartial. It says, uh, verse uh, 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, uh, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. It doesn't show favoritism. It's impartial. and number nine, number 10 without hypocrisy it doesn't wear the mask wow so the challenge is to me and to you what sort of wisdom do we manifest have we got the characteristics of heavenly wisdom or what or earthly wisdom or is it a mixture and uh, as i said we got this from adam and eve when I get to heaven, it's ladies first. Do I need to balance that out? Who, who, uh, I better balance that out because some of you are looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. Uh, who, who was the worst sinner, the woman or the man? You're running us men down. Why? Your answer's right. Because he did nothing when he should have. (laughs) (laughs) He did nothing when he should have. He was up the wrong end of the gun. Okay, let's balance this out with a scripture. The woman was deceived, but the man willingly sinned. And you see, uh, when Paul wrote the epistle to the Romans, he said, by one man sin entered the world. Now, if some of you male chauvinists had written the bible you would say by one woman sin entered the world but because the unborn generations were yet in adam that's why he said by one man thanks a lot but i still believe it's ladies first that i'll give uh, adam a piece of my mind i can ill afford to lose <laughs> all right let's go <laughs> let's go to the conclusion everybody getting something out of this Okay, how to gain wisdom that is from above? All right, number one, wisdom that comes from the Scriptures. Read the Word. Brainwash yourself with the Word. It's the mind of God. So Paul writes to Timothy and said, give attention to the reading, the Word from from a child. You've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So read the Word, get the Word into you. All right, number two, wisdom that comes from prayer and seeking God. And remember Solomon's prayer. And uh, yeah, just remember that. Lord, what do you want? Uh, you know, the Lord said to him, what do you want me to do? And he prayed for wisdom and understanding. So wisdom that comes from prayer and seeking God. Remember Solomon's prayer. If any man lack wisdom, uh, James one fifteen says... Uh, let him ask of God, He gives all men liberally, so there 's no excuse for being a dingaling. <laughs> Everybody said, "Amen, <laughs> yeah, give me wisdom, lord i 'm a dingaling. tingaling, you know i 'm dum dumb. And, and you know anything God, anything that I am is the grace of God, because, uh, as some of you know, I was born, uh, my parents threw me away at three months of, uh, of age. I was institutionalized. I was kicked from pillar to post, and Christians were my worst enemies. I never went to Bible college. They boasted about that in Fiji. So, just God and seeking God. Give me wisdom. Help me, Lord. I'm a dum-dum. Are you laughing with me or at me? Okay. All right, number three, wisdom that comes from gifts of the Spirit. I've already said that. What's the first gifts of the Spirit? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Wisdom, wisdom gifts of the Spirit. That's what Solomon experienced. The word of wisdom exposed the heart of the true mother. Uh, number, four, uh, number four, wisdom that comes from experience, wise decisions. I remember uh, someone saying to me, how do you learn to make wise decisions? He said, Wrong one, wrong decisions. <laughs> what I've got here learning what to do and what not to do. How many think that David learned what not to do under King Saul? I believe, you know. Where do you think Solomon got his wisdom from? I think he got some from his dad, see? but learning what not to do, what to do, and what not to do. And so wisdom in the home. With my wife, with my kids and others, schoolwork and marketplace, there's nowhere where we don't need the wisdom of God. Say, God, and I'd like to encourage you, as I do every day, give me wisdom for this day. Help me not to do stupid things and make stupid decisions. Give me decision. Give me wisdom for this day. And uh, when you go to sleep at I say, oh, thank you for a pretty good day, Lord. I think I made dumb, one dumb thing there, I said. Uh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Number five, wisdom that comes from the company you keep. Oh, wow, this is a good one. Um, I had a scripture here. Uh, this this one I'll have to uh, have to have to do, but I was thinking of another one. So uh, it says in First Corinthians 15 verse 33, "Do not be deceived; evil company corrupts good habits." So watch. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, not because Mark's a perfect kid, but this is what I used to do, uh, my wife and I. Yeah. I had it there. Case history with Sharon and Mark. When they came home from school, it was very important. When my kids were, you know, five or six or seven, eight somewhere in there or ten, um, I used to ask them four questions. And uh, if you still got young kidlets, this is four questions. So I would ask Mark and Sharon, my son and daughter, I'd say, "Okay." Oh, hello, Dad. Hello, Mum. You know, wonderful. Where are you going? So I wanted to check the place out. Question number two, what are you going to be doing? Activity. Number three, who are you going to be with? Company. And number four, when will you be home? Time. So I always knew where our kids were going, what they were going to be doing, who they'd be with, and what time they'd be home. Call it legalism, but I prayed that God would have mercy on me and that I didn't want to be out there saving the world and lose my own kids to hell. So God in his mercy, grace, thank you, Lord. Both my kids, Sharon and Mark, came to the Lord in my meetings that's a greatest honour. I didn't want to be out there saving the world and let my own kids go to hell. I remember one, one preacher's kid said to me, my dad is too, vis- uh, too busy out evangelising. He doesn't care whether we go to hell or not. <laughs> that shook me up. So I don't want to do that. Your first mission is home with your kids and see pray that they come to the Lord. How many said amen on that? All right, uh, as we finish here, um, yeah, uh, do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion or associations corrupt and deprave good manners, morals and character, they amplified. So check on their companions. Evil company corrupts good habits And then number six, this is the kind of wisdom that should be seen in the church, the people of God, not so much foolishness. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, I think I'm done and I think my voice has had it. Thank you for praying for me and thank you for putting up with me. So come back next uh, week for this exciting episode and we're going to be doing, I think, How many believe, let me ask you first of all, how many believe that God loves everybody? Come back next week because I want to do from the book of Proverbs seven things that God hates. But they end up being people. Don't forget, if you haven't signed your name on the book of strife, the book of life out here, Uh, If you want to get the notes, come back. Okay, let's all stand and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we, 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 we just stand in your presence in these closing moments, Lord, and we do pray with Solomon. Lord, we're just little children, little boys and girls, really, Lord. We don't know how to go out and come in, but we need your help, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Help us, Lord. Uh, from your word and all the different channels that we can attain this wisdom, wisdom from above. We commend ourselves to you for this week and may we be uh, living demonstrations of this wisdom that's from above. We ask in Jesus' wonderful name and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.